Welcome to the VIP Podcast. VIP is for the people. I'm your co-host, Marlisa Harding. And I'm your co-host, Sarah Holt. Our prayer is that as you listen to each of these podcasts, that it would bring healing and hope to your heart and to your lives. Each of these podcasts is going to include a real-life example of the tough stuff we've experienced in church, the frustrating things, the things that make you angry, and sometimes even make you leave. But our goal is that as you listen, you'll be motivated to stay and help the body of Christ be everything that it's supposed to be, and it needs you. Hey, and welcome back to the VIP podcast. You know, honestly, it still amazes me that people keep tuning in and listening. So just want to say thank you to our loyal listeners. Here we are again. And today we're going to be going over principle four of the VIP podcast. If you're just tuning in, VIP um, has 10 foundational principles. And so we're spending this first season really diving in to four topics or four, excuse me, not four, 10 principles that we believe should guide the way in which we relate to one another in ministry and the standard to which we should hold ourselves, whether it's as a leader or whether it's as a follower. We believe these 10 principles are going to help you. So today we're going to open up with number four, which is this. We wrote these principles in I believe statement. So here's what we believe. We believe in communication, even conflict, it's not a dirty word, according to biblical models, open door communication is a must in ministry, no matter the topic. And then I put this part, Sarah, and and we can dive in however you want to go it, but I love this one. Leaders are not mind readers. Nobody in ministry is a mind reader. So you must communicate clearly whether you're receiving instructions or giving instructions. There should be transparency and there should be authenticity in the way that you communicate. Really and truly, I think if you go back to episode one, we said that we believe principle one is the most important. And that's the one where you have to recognize that um you're worth the highest price. You're, you're valuable and you're loved by Jesus. But a close competitor to, to that one is this principle. Um, I would have to say probably 80 to 90% of the reasons why people get frustrated, why they get burnt out and why they give up is probably due to some kind of lack of communication or some kind of ability or freedom to communicate. So this is a really, really, really important topic. And as always, it goes both ways. Leaders, we've got to communicate well. If you're not a leader, you've got to be able to communicate your needs well. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what role you're playing in the body. Communication is key. Yeah, and it's just like in a, in a family um, environment also. Your children should be allowed to speak uh, and not, not speak in hate or saying, you know, mean things. We're not saying that kind of stuff. But to be able to speak how they feel be able to speak what they think, how their day went, um, and to be honest and open. And it's the same thing in a marriage. Also, um, the husband and the wife should both be given the freedom to express how they feel and to be able to communicate openly. And to be able to question or ask questions of someone's communication. Mm-hmm. I am um, reading the love dare right now. I don't know if I, did I tell you about this. Okay. So I'm taking the love dare. I'm on day 14. Um, shameless plug. It's great. I'm a better wife. If I do say so myself, okay. Because of the love dare, but the principle from yesterday, the dare from yesterday, I should say, um, 
it, it basically was challenging you to, if you sense there's been a miscommunication or you're tempted to fly off the handle, pause for a second and um, how, what, how do you say it? You pause for a second and you say back to your spouse what you think they communicated mm. to you just to be able to double check. Like maybe there's no reason for me to fly out the handle right here. Maybe I completely misunderstood what you said. So let me clarify. And if we're going to do that in our marriages and like you're saying in our parenting, we should certainly do that in the body of Christ Definitely. when we're interacting with our friends, our neighbors, our leaders, our, our co-teammates, whatever. Definitely. So and and I'm, I'm mainly going to speak to the people, I guess, that aren't leaders because I feel like that's where a lot of. Uh, I mean, of course, there is definitely communication issues from the leader's perspective, but as a, let me just say, servant uh, sure. um, for the body of Christ, a servant for your leader, a servant for your church um, staff member, whatever you may be, a lot of times we may feel like we can't communicate. And of course, that may be an issue based on how the leader culture, yeah, the culture of it and, and how they... I guess, respond to your communication sometimes. Uh, but that is going to be a big red flag. So if you're at the beginning of the ministry, if you're at the beginning of where you're serving in the church, and I think a good way to uh, look at that is, is if, say, the pastor or a leader asks you, hey, can you do this, so-and-so, whatever it may be, um, and you were to end up saying, oh, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm unavailable. I'm unavailable. I'm not able to do it. I wish I could just a simple no. Um, if, if that is hard to say, that's a big red flag. Um, you know, I can say no to my husband, Buck, like, oh, sorry, I can't do that. And I'm, I'm not feeling in any particular way scared to say no. Great point. I'm not feeling like, oh gosh, I'm going to get some backlash from this. If I say no, um, am I sinning if I say no? Mm. Um, you know, and, and definitely not sinning, but that's how sometimes we can feel um, in ministry sometimes. And that's a big, big red flag as far as that goes. You should be able to say no because you should be able to communicate clearly what's going on in your life. Um, and that happened to me many times. Go ahead. I'd, I'd like to add, I think there's two kinds of no's. I think there's a no that's a boundaries no in the sense of, I have a previous engagement. Um, I do not have the time to do this in the sense maybe this is a last minute request and I know that I can't do it with excellence in the time frame you've given me or a boundaries no in the sense of, you know, my husband has stated that I'm away from the house too many nights this week and he's needing me home to be, you know, to be with the kids to help out those kind of boundary no's. And I, I think honestly, those shouldn't be questioned. I don't, I don't think we should question people for those kind of no's, no. yes, but I think there's another kind of no and a Holy spirit led spirit of discernment leader is going to recognize there are some no's that people may give us. And we know that they are more rooted in insecurity or a feeling Fear. not good enough or feeling like they aren't talented enough yet. And I think that those are no's that are okay to push back a little on. And, and here's what I mean by that. With leading worship, you know, 
we have an evaluation process that our team members go through. And so there's nobody on that team who I don't know is at least gifted enough to lead worship. And so I may ask, hey, would you open us in prayer this week? Or hey, would you lead this part of the song? And sometimes newer people or people who maybe haven't been um, leading worship that long, their knee jerk reaction is no, because they're dealing with you know, self-doubt or they're feeling with, they're dealing with um, comparison. And so as a leader, I'm always trying to draw them out and encourage them with, hey, why are you saying no? You're well able, your prayer can be short or or you can write your prayer out, right? I'm always trying to support them so that that no can turn to a yes so that they can fulfill all of their potential. I think I I feel like that's a no that's okay to push back on. But the point of that is, is the fact that they're able to say no. And because I'm allowing them. You're allowing them to even say no. And and yes, as a leader, we should know the difference between a no because they have a previous engagement or a no because they're scared and yeah. they need some room to grow. Um, but I definitely served at a church and uh, many churches that I couldn't say no. Um, it didn't matter if it was a phone call at three o'clock in the morning that I needed to do something for someone and I needed to get up and go do something. Are you for real? I'm for real. A phone call at three in the morning. Phone call, probably two something in the morning. And they needed some starch. And I had, so we're not talking about so-and-so's in the hospital. Can you please go meet the ambulance? Can you go uh, do the last rites at the ICU? You're talking, okay. I'm talking about, uh, they needed some starch uh, to make sure that their pants were ironed for Sunday morning. And um, no words. I have no words. I have no words. And I couldn't say no. So that's the thing. I, I felt scared to say no, not that this person was abusive, not at all. Maybe of course, um, um, I guess mentally abusive and emotionally abusive. Mental and emotional abuse are abuse. Yes. Yes, they are. They are. Uh, but I don't, I don't want to think people, you know, when I'm saying I'm scared, meaning like I'm scared that they're going to physically hurt me. They're going to beat me. Yes. Um, but no, I, I couldn't say no, even though I was asleep, even though I, I had things that I had to do for Sunday morning also, where my sleep was very important also, because here I am running children's church and making sure all the staff and volunteers are in place. And, you know, I have to be there, of course, super early to open up the church to begin with. Um, so it's things like that. Just the, the fact that your team members for your worship team are able to say no, I think is so important and shows you that the communication in your area is good. You know what I mean? Just for the fact that they're able to say no. We're, we are trying. Yeah. It's not perfect. I, I really want to put the disclaimer no. out there. By, by no means is any of this perfect, um, but we're just trying. And that's all it is. Cause we're all human. We're gonna just have to try. We're going to have to mess up, but that's just where I, I if I would have spoke up for myself and communicated clearly from the beginning I could have avoided a lot of issues, just like you said at the beginning, what 80 to 90% you think of, you know, issues that we may face in the church is due to communication errors. Um, That is 100% true. If I would have began to speak up at the beginning to say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Um, You know, oh, I have to work or I need to do this or I really just need to rest that's a big one. I, and I feel like that is the one I'm the most compassionate 
um, on, on other leaders, because it can be when you, when you as a leader are not taking care of yourself, you're not protecting your time. You're not protecting your energy. You can somewhat expect everybody else to operate that same mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And you, you can hold them to that same unhealthy standard that you're holding your, that you're, you're holding yourself to. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I guess when I say I have compassion, I mean, I think people who do that and it's because they themselves are running themselves ragged. It's ignorance. It's ignorance. I don't even think they notice Mm -hmm. that they're bleeding over their exhaustion Mm. onto their teammates Mm -hmm. because maybe they don't have somebody in their life to say, sit down, take a rest, take a nap, play a video. I know that Jesus rested on that boat. Jesus rested, you know. And sometimes he just drew away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely not biblical in the sense of of working until you pass out almost. Well, that's what I was thinking about the the 2 a.m. situation. And, you know, of course, I don't know what that particular leader was going through at that time. But my heart is like, why are you up at 2 Mm a.m.? You know, like, go to sleep. And what's the importance? Uh, Is it more important that the children and the people in the church be fed the word of God from a good leader that has now slept well or that your pants are ironed. Obviously that person was under a tremendous stress and imbalance. And and so my, my, my heart obviously hurts for you when I hear that, but my heart hurts really for that leader because Mm -hmm. they needed somebody to say, go back to bed. (laughs) Yeah. And I couldn't do that. that That wasn't your job. It wasn't my job. You know, definitely wasn't my job. Um, another thing that I wanted to point out, you know, of course, being able to say no to a leader is a definitely a, a big thing. And like Marlisa pointed out, we're not just saying just to say no. And, uh, you know, if they have any kind of pushback as far as no, you know, I really think that you need to do this to grow, yada, yada. We're not talking about that. We're talking about just the ability to be, be able to say no without any certain type of fears or anything Um, in the back of your mind like I'm scared to say that I think there are some people also um, who this is also how they operate in their family Mm. how they operate in their work life and so when you're used to not having any boundaries in other areas it can feel awkward to try and establish boundaries Mm -hmm. in your spiritual life. So I really want to speak to my listeners. If you've never read about boundaries, if that sounds foreign to you uh, and you're, and you find yourself in a church situation where you're always up against the wall, I would almost guess you're up against the wall in your family and also in your work life, Mm. you know, because it's very rare that, Oh, we establish boundaries everywhere else, but church. No, when you learn to establish boundaries, you can then apply them every single place. You can, but I will go into that of, of depending upon the, who the leader is. Um, cause I felt like I had definitely had boundaries in my personal life mm. and my family life, but due to my leader and due to my confidence in scripture and in my confidence in, in God and who I am, that I began to become fragile in that, I guess, as to far as how due to your confidence, you began to feel fragile. I didn't have confidence in the, in scripture to say, Oh, no, I can stand up for myself here. Oh, you didn't have you didn't have the scriptures that would support. Correct. Like that sort of correct. Because if my leader is twisting the way how some scriptures say to make me say, oh, well, I can't speak back or say something because then I'm not honoring the man that God put 
for me to serve. I'm not walking in love. I'm not walking in love. I'm now in offense. I'm now sinning because I'm speaking back to my pastor and God put me here to serve my pastor. Yada, yada. All bad, all bad interpretations. All bad interpretations. (laughs) Just want to put that out there. But my back was against the wall. I feel like just at that church and just in ministry. I see. um, Where I felt like I couldn't breathe. Um, And Another red flag of that too is, are you able to communicate your issues to others? Um, You know, me, I guess, just saying in a sense of the, the church that I was at and how I felt the things that were going on, I didn't feel like I could tell people. Um, Like I was almost scared to tell people like, Hey, this is what's going on because number one, it's embarrassing for my leader, for me to even say things that of the crazy stuff that they were doing. And number two of, how I'm, how I knew, like I was, I was letting these things happen. Um, and so if you're scared to speak to other people about the issues going on, that's probably another red flag of there's some, definitely some issues going on for real inside the church that needs to be addressed. I want to do two things. One, I want to look at the word because the word does give us models. Yes. And they are not models that are um, circumstance specific. They are just general models on good communication. So I want to look at that. But then also, Sarah, just back to your point on, um, you know, you didn't feel like it was embarrassing. You felt shame. You felt ashamed that you were even letting these things happen. There was a, I hear you saying there was a darkness around what you were experiencing. And we know that um, darkness and light have nothing to do with Mm -hmm. one another. And when you are experiencing something that spiritually you sense is dark, there is sin and evil festering not Mm -hmm. far away. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's in those kind of climates too, where if you feel like you have to hide, then you have to assume that other things are being hidden. Yes. Oh, that's good. And none of that is of God. Mm -mm. None of that is of Mm -mm. God. Um, so let, let's look at the word. Do you have that? You have some scriptures pulled up and then I'm going to pull some up. I wanted to look at Jesus's model. In fact, let me, let me scrap this. Were you wanting to look at the Matthew here? Yes. Matthew. Thank you. Okay. The Matthew. I like to. (laughs) Doxa. No, it was Matthew a doctor. I don't think he was. Tax collector. Tax collector. Yeah. Mark. (laughs) No, Luke doctor. I don't know. Clearly we're Bible scholars up in here. (laughs) Um, Matthew 18, 15. If another believer, again, this is a general term. So it doesn't say if a fellow at our church, we call our volunteer team, go team. So it's not if only if a fellow go team or only if, you know, someone you're under. No, no, it's general term believer. So that's from pastor on down. I said it. It's from pastor on down. They all included up in there. They all can get it. Get it. Biblically. They can all biblically get it. Yes. Okay. So it says this. If another believer sins against you, you know, I'm using you version and it's got those three little dots. I just want to see what those three dots say. Oh, it says another one says, if your brother, again, very specific. Mm -hmm. I mean, very non-specific term. Yeah. Yeah. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If you have not ever heard this scripture what else have you been missing out on in the word? What else has not been taught to you? I am telling you, Jesus told you, you have the right to do what? To go to that person 
And so when you were saying you felt ashamed to go to somebody else, part of me was like, the reason that felt awkward is because that's not what the Holy Spirit wanted. Sure. The Holy Spirit did not want you to have to go to somebody else. You should not have. You should not have had to. Correct. You had the right and the privilege to go to that person and mm-hmm. express what you were feeling. So go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you're unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again. So it's not until we've gone to the brother that we have biblical permission from the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords to bring other people in. Just remember that. So it says, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Again, trying to avoid gossip, trying to avoid, he said, she said, trying to avoid rumors saying, let's get this out in the open. There's no darkness. We've got an issue and we've got Mm -hmm. multiple parties in on it. It says if that person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. So that means go to an even higher level of authority. You have the right So when people are saying, and and I've actually, I've talked to somebody who has said, I'm afraid to go to the law about this instance. And Mm -hmm. part of me is like, you have the right. Jesus Mm -hmm. said you have the right. But whatever, I digress. If that person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Mm -hmm. I would dare say if as believers, we just started with step one and go to our brother, probably nine times out of 10, you wouldn't even need to go the other steps. Mm -hmm. But there are other emotional issues, whether it be ignorance or fear that keep us from going to your brother. But I really hope if you're listening, you'll stop that. You have been ordained by Jesus to talk to your brother about what's going on. And then I think what you'll find, and at least I, I found this in my own case, most of the times I totally misunderstood sure, or they instantly apologized or I've had one particular incident. And this is actually with my pastors who've been my pastors for 10 years. We had one incident where I went to them. I said, I don't agree. I don't understand with this decision. We had to come to a place where we said, agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. We continued forward. And this was probably, I would say six years ago that this incident happened. And my pastor brought it up and like just casually, he brought it up this past week and he kind of brought it up as if I was on the same page as him. And in my mind, I was like, no, I still disagree. (laughs) But the the relationship is fine, right? It's okay to agree to disagree. Because y'all have communicated. You know where I stand on that. I know where you stand on that. And let's go forward. Yes. And we still love each other. Yes. Yes. And the flip side of that is if you... As long as it's not fear and shame keeping you from going to your brother, there are some instances where I have just had to run it through the filter of, is it really worth it to me? Mm -hmm. Is this really that big of a deal that I, that I want to call a meeting or I want to do that? Or is it something where I'm like, I'm going to just let that ride. Yes. Are you you in your feelings? Yes. Am I just in my feelings? Let me go to sleep. If it's still bothering me. And most of the time it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, so it wasn't even worth bringing up. Yes. You know, but it's when we bury all that stuff and we let it fester. Yes. And it just comes bubbling over one day. It's like, well, you were supposed to, the Holy Spirit told you three months ago, or really Jesus told you two, a whole millennia ago <laughs> that you should have gone to that to, person. Yes, exactly. And, and it's that, the same thing in a normal work environment. Yes, yes. You know, you can go to the person that hurts you at your normal job in the world. 
Walmart, whatever it may be, is a greeter. Whatever. Shout out to Walmart greeters. You we go ahead. Listen. That's what my job is after I retire. I'm just kidding. <laughs> be a Walmart greeter. No, but, you know, you can go to the person that maybe said something to hurt you or did something to hurt you or offend you. You can go to them and ask. If that doesn't work, you can pull your manager in or whoever else. And then, of course, there's an HR department. So all of these things are not like, oh, my goodness, they're making up some foreign thing of what to do. No, Scripture says it. And if the world does it, then definitely the church should do it thousand times better. We always come to that, huh? Like, why why they got this at my job out here making money for unsaved people? Yes. But we don't have this at, yeah. I mean, and the fact is that I shouldn't have learned this later on in my life. I should have learned this in the church before I went to the world and got a job. Those should have been principles that I saw already happening in the church environment. And unfortunately, I didn't see those happening until now, you know, later on, after I got hurt, after I left the church, after I had issues, all of those things. Now I learned about about these things. Um, But those are that's a really good scripture that you pointed out, Marlisa. Um, And, you know, definitely very important to remember what Jesus is telling us to do. Because if somebody says you don't have a right to speak to me, I'm like, you can talk to my lawyer. His name is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where you were going to go with that. I was like, what lawyer you got? Well, I'm just saying. Like, One call, it's, it's that's in, all. It's in white and red. Yeah. Like, yes, I do have the right to tell you. Yes. And, and going back to our first p- principle, you are worth the highest price. Yes. And that's the reason why you are you should be able to speak to another believer or brother, however we want to say it. Pastor. In general. Reverend, whoever Bishop, it may Archduke, be. Rector. Yes. God does not love them more than he loves you. That's right. God does not look at them to say, oh, they can speak how they want and you can't. No. And another scripture that I had, had put in there, it said, um, come, uh, come to me. It's in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus is saying, come to me, come to me with your issues, come to me with your problems, come to me in the worst of the worst or the best of the best. If you can go to Jesus, then you should be able to go to your brother who is not the judge of all judges is not because God is. So if I can go to God with my problems, I should be able to go to you in the words of Tupac's tattoo. Only God can judge. Only is that Tupac's tattoo? I think so. <laughs> Only God can judge me. I've seen other people have that on there. Only God could judge me. Well, we like to judge too, but God really is the only one that can judge, okay? Um, I did want to uh, read a few other scriptures just, and we don't even have to dig deep into them just to read them out so we could have some other scriptures about communication. Proverbs 15, 1, it says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Um, and I don't know if you wanted to speak about the issue uh, that you had. Well, now that you say it, we don't have to. <laughs> I can make up another issue because we've had lots of issues that have happened. But I just thought about this from. You can, you can give the, the Cliff Notes version or go ahead. Whatever you want to say. Well, no, you go ahead. If you want to talk about it now. A soft answer turns away wrath. Well, I guess. Well, and Christian, we'll probably have to cut this. Whatever. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. In, in what, I, yes, I will tell part of that story, but what were you thinking of the scripture? Well, because of how, how you handled it. Remember, and, and I guess in your, um, your blog, you had put some, some stuff about that too, that it wasn't about, um, um, like you getting your point across that mattered. I, I guess 
how you handled that situation with that girl reminded me of that, but you don't have to go into that. I can talk about something else. No, 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 I can. I can. So Did I, you want to talk about that? I figured I would bring it up when it felt right. I just, I didn't have a particular, I didn't okay. have it like, but yes, I can talk about, I guess, are we still recording? So I'm just going to talk this out regular. When I hear that scripture, a soft answer turns away wrath for me. And this particular incident where I had to confront a fellow believer had to give some um, corrective or not corrective, constructive criticism. When I began to feel and I could see they were turning red and I could see they were breathing heavy and, and, and the conversation was not going well. You know, I, I reached my, my hand out and I touched them on the arm and I lowered my voice and I really reiterated like that wasn't, that wasn't the purpose. Like I, I'm, I'm not meaning to make you spiral out of control. So I didn't match from, I didn't match their anger with mm-hmm. anger. I knew I've got to calm you down also because we're in the foyer. So <laughs> I really can't have you flying off the handle right now. But, uh, and it worked. What ended up happening was they walked out <laughs> from how well did it work? But it really is true when you, and I think that's in any instance, if you're raising children, you never match their energy, sure. their frustration, they're throwing a tantrum, you don't throw a tantrum, you know, bringing your voice down and really kind of meet people where they're mm-hmm. at, or even even less intensity than where they at. It, it, helps. it helps. And even though you could say, oh, well, I'm the leader. I have more power here. I could have. Yeah, but why? You, but why? <laughs> I mean, because in the end, who's going to look like the big fool? The one that started, you know, maybe hyped up a little more. Right. You know, so um, anyway, so a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So we need to watch what we say in communication and how we say it. Uh, James 119 says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, Mm -hmm. slow to speak and slow to anger. And so if my beloved brothers, let's go back to brothers. Oh, it did start with that. Ooh. I forgot. Yeah. Ooh. Pastor, teacher, preacher, evangelist, uh, bishop, rector, pastor, prophet, televangelist, elevation, heal song. Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> the point Get is it, it doesn't matter, right? Doesn't matter if who you're a you brother, are. if you consider yourself a brother, a believer. Yeah. It applies for this everybody. This applies to you. And if we were all be quick to hear <laughs> and slow to speak. How much better would our communication be that I'm not listening to what, you know, whoever's angry about something. If I'm not listening just to say, oh, well, let me tell them what they did wrong right after they're done with this. But if I would just be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger, a lot of issues would be resolved. This is true in my marriage. There have been some instances where my husband will. He will repeat Jeremy. back to me, Jeremy. <laughs> no, this isn't, this isn't a no, bad thing. This isn't a bad thing. He will say, you said da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, baby, I wish we had a recorder. Those words never came out of my mouth. You know, so sometimes just in the heat of anger, Ooh. we don't even hear things and right. And emotion, you're right. Right, so it's just so important. Like, slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. It's so true. We always, uh, me and Buck always say we need a mediator sometimes. Like, let's have someone else here. Or if we could have a recorder too, because you was just going crazy and now I'm going crazy and you going to say that I started going crazy first. No, you was going crazy. first. I think in the church too, if we're trying to employ these principles and the person that we're in an, a, a disagreement or conflict about is not able to also embody these things, mm-hmm. that tells you something about their spiritual maturity 
And then it just becomes, is it really worth it? Mm -hmm. Is this really like, we're not going to come to a resolution because I'm trying to think spiritually and you're all in your emotions. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I notice that's happening, it's even easier to step back. Mm -hmm. Like, let me let this diffuse. Because what's the big picture? What's the big picture? What's the big picture? Big picture is people being in the body. Yes. People staying connected. People staying in love with Jesus. People growing in their relationship and in turn growing in their gifts and in turn expanding the kingdom. That's all that it really matters. That's all that really matters, yeah. So if you're not emotionally or spiritually mature to be able to do this biblically, then have a good Sunday. And we'll talk later. Peace. And be blessed. And I'll see you next week. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, definitely. Or it's not. We're joking. I'll see you next week. Yeah. Yes. Uh, my favorite scripture that I want to point out today, and I wish I would have known this back in 2012. Okay. But Proverbs 18, two, it says a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. I'm going to read it one more time. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. And so going back to leaders, we are not mind readers. But if we aren't taking time to understand what other people are going through and only caring about what we're saying, like we're writing the Psalm of David. Okay, your words are not getting written in in, uh, New Testament part two. I just understood what you're saying. (laughs) We ain't coming out with a New Testament part two. And it don't matter if you have the little hashtag that you said it on Instagram. Okay. But a fool takes no pleasure in understanding. All right. We need to take the time to listen. We need to be quick to hear and slow to speak. Take the time to listen. Take the time to understand and not continually worrying about who's right, who's wrong, yada, yada, all the other little mess. But just going back to communication is important. Jesus communicated with his disciples. Jesus communicated with all the people that followed him, all the people all around. And we need to communicate with each other. Jesus never told people, you can't come to me with that. Mm-mm. Even the disciples questioned him. And sometimes he'd be like, I'm so tired of y'all. Yes, let the but- little children come to me. What y'all trying to hold, yeah. hold these people back for? Okay, you can talk to no matter who it is. If I want to go talk to Benny Hinn, I better call Benny Hinn. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm definitely not being able to talk to Benny Hinn because. <laughs> As we close and I'll, I'll close this in prayer. I will say every instance where I have gone to a brother or trust me, I've had brothers come to me. I've even had people who, who will try and like, Oh, I saw the look on your face and, and did I, did I upset you or did I hurt you? And a hundred percent of the time I'd be like one, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, I wasn't thinking about it that way. But thank you so much mm-hmm. for being concerned. Mm-hmm. That means so much to me that you noticed that we may have had a miscommunication. It always ends good. I mean, it does. Not, maybe not always, but most of the time, I would say 95%. I've been getting a lot of percents today. I'm in a math mode, I, I guess. Let's... But in most of the time, it deepens your relationship with that person when you're able to Take off the mask and just get to the heart. Get to the heart and see that someone cares. They care. They're human. Genuinely cares. Yeah, yeah. So let's pray. Father God, I just, I thank you that you've given us your word as a blueprint and a roadmap for everything that concerns us and even communication. 
Father God, I just pray for every person who's listening. If they struggle with setting up boundaries, Lord, I ask that you would help them by the power of Holy Spirit to begin to um, erect and establish godly boundaries for their time, for their emotions, and for their energy. I pray for leaders and I pray for followers who may need to go to some brothers. And Lord, would you give them the courage and would you give them the words to speak? And then I also pray, Father, for a spirit of discernment. Help us to know when is it really worth going to a brother and when do we just need to go to sleep? When do we just need to um, have some better perspective? When are we just in our feelings? Lord, give us wisdom to, to understand our hearts because your word said that our heart can be deceitful. So help us not to be led by our emotions, but be led by the spirit as we interact, as we communicate, and even as we resolve conflict. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So application point for today, do you have one? Because I'm thinking of one. Go ahead. I think a good application point is kind of do a self-evaluation. Do you have some areas where you need to either let it go because it's not worth going to the brother Mm -hmm. or areas where you need to ask the Lord for courage to go ahead and and just do it. Go ahead and make that appointment. Make that phone call. I promise you will feel better for it. You will be a better leader for it. And you will be a better member in the body of Christ for it. Yes. And if you've went to your brother and you need someone else to speak to after that, um, we are here. Um, We want to listen. We want to help. Um, If you don't have anyone else in your church family that you feel comfortable going to after you go to the brother. Go to your brother, yes. um, Then definitely reach out to us. You can uh, click for comments. And you can message us. It is confidential. We will not um, speak out again, you know, about what your situation is, but we will definitely help lead and guide you in the way that we feel uh, would best help you. Absolutely. So until we meet again, check us out at www.thevippodcast.com or connect with us on social media. See you next time. The VIP Podcast is hosted by Marlisa Harding and Sarah Holt and produced by Christian Jones. To learn more about VIP or support our work, visit us online at www.thevippodcast.com.